Hello. Yo. Yo. What's up, my friend? Oh, man. Another day, another day. Yep. Another day, another day. Another day. Sean will hopefully be joining us soon, but I guess we can kick it off while we're waiting for Sean. So, welcome everybody to another episode of Decimation Studios Podcast. I am on right now with my co-host, Wally McNair, and we're waiting for our other co-host, Sean Aline, to join us. Um, so, how's your day going, Wally? Cool, man. Just a bunch of numbers games right now. Yeah. Numbers, numbers, numbers. <laughs> So for a lot of you listeners out there, Wally and I just uh, came off successful individual Kickstarter campaigns, which we'll be discussing today on our podcast, along with a few other items such as DC Comics and what they're going through right now. And one of the things, you know, what if we as a collective own DC Comics will get it back to the level of competing with Marvel as far as. Uh, in sales um, also we'll be talking about today as well as who has the most best robes gallery across both Marvel and DC and how important it is to have diversity in those iconic robes galleries especially now with today's political climate and a few other things um, we'll talk about but let's go ahead and jump into how you feeling Wally, with your Kickstarter now being successfully completed, and I mean, I'm I'm good. You know, just the work that comes behind it, the back end, because some people don't realize, you know, collecting the numbers, trying to make sure that you're ordering the right things, prepping the right things to go out. No matter how prepared you are, you still seem to be underprepared. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the, that's one of the hard things. And uh, our ho- co-host, Sean Aline, has just joined the podcast. Hello, Sean. <laughs> Peace, bro. What's going on, peoples? I am here. I have arrived. <laughs> well, the party can begin. Come on, now. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we were just talking about the Kickstarter before you... Uh, the success of the two Kickstarter campaigns as you just jumped on, Sean. And I think Wally made a point there is a lot of people don't know how much work goes into getting the Kickstarter up, how much work goes into monitoring the Kickstarter and how much harder work it is once the Kickstarter is over. And that don't include the actual book. No, that doesn't include the actual book. I mean, how how long out did you prep to? Let me ask you both. How long did it usually take you guys to prep before you actually launched your kickstarters? Um, well, it varied because I've done. Well, I was doing Indiegogo before Kickstarter, but um, I don't know. Each one is different. Now I'm trying to be. A little more calculated to where I'll try and start planning a month, maybe two months before something launches. At least get my ideas together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, okay. I was it seemed like I was having some some trouble just. Now. 
talking about? You still, you saying something now? Oh no no no! I'm sorry. I was because oh. what I was saying earlier um, before Dave had asked the question was I wanted to say congrats to both of y'all on the success of the kit starters. You know what I mean? It's a lot Thank of work. It's a lot of work, but you know you got it. And then just the before we continue on that 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 question there, Dave, just piggybacking on what Wally was saying as far as like um, all the work, right? And then even if you do have this stuff, you know, like if you do, you know, even if you had it prepared or if you end up ordering the right things to to send out, like that in itself is a job like to package it up and to ship it, depending on how many people batch your kit started, that's a whole that's a whole thing too. So yeah, man, there's there's so many steps to it. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> And yeah, that's well, not complaining. That's just us being very honest about the realities of doing this. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I, I don't think anybody should ever have to complain when they, uh, you know, you get people, complete strangers sometimes, you know, sending you money to see your project come to life. You know what I mean? And even if there's some people, you know, they're they're getting something out of it as far as like, you know, the, the incentives and stuff like that. Um, there are some people who like, they just donate off the strength. Um, and that's an incredible feeling. So, but I had, I had a quick question. I want to ask y'all this. I, I mean, I feel like we could be candid on here, right? We could get to the mm -hmm. root of some stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I like to ask the tough questions. How do y'all feel about including a portion of the kit started to go towards the work, like paying yourself? Uh, I'll let David answer first. That's a difficult one because to me, it's hard because how, you know, you are setting us such a goal. And I think Wally and I had talked about this, and I think this is one of the things we had a conversation on a drive back from a Comic-Con when I, when I went to do my first Kickstarter was, well, how much do you set your goal at? Well, if you set, you know, Wally's like, you know, I think you remember Wally's like, well, what's the number that you think you need? Oh, let's say I need 5,000 or, or 6,000 to get where I need to go because I've got to pay the artist, I got to pay the letterer, I got to pay the printer. I also got to pay for all the rewards and everything I need to do. Uh, to make this a successful campaign to get my book out, so so I have it go three thousand. Now, if I'm going to pay myself out of that, that means I'm going to have to ask for another number of, you know, maybe another three thousand. So I'm actually looking at nine thousand. Now, I'm only new to the industry. For me, I don't think it would be feasible to pay myself out of the Kickstarter because I'm just about creating the product now we've seen other kickstarters out there i think make a hundred thousand you know or a million dollars a couple of them to do that if you're in that situation i don't see why you wouldn't pay yourself out of that i mean does that make sense i mean to me if you can actually meet your goal to pay yourself out of it that's fine, but I don't think that should be your ultimate goal. I mean, I, I think it varies, you know. I agree to a certain degree. I think for, and I can't, so I'm not speaking for you, Sean, but just saying as us being artists, 
our time dedicated to the workload changes. So even though we love to do certain things just off the strength, we always have to consider, can we pay our bills while we're doing this? And that's, you know, I don't know, Kickstarter works both ways with me. I've done some books where there was no money, no profit made off of it. It just completely covered or contributed to covering and I had to cover the rest out of pocket putting the project out and then I've had some that helped you know kind of um, ease the, the load for a little while so I could finish working on certain products or prep other books or projects so I don't see I'm, I'm with you on that, that aspect David of not seeing a problem with it personally I think I mean that's what the, that's what the goal is to get it to get any pro any book or project successful enough to pay yourself and any anybody else involved but some people do i saw somebody take issue with it <laughs> somebody took crazy issue with it. the last king supreme campaign we had well we weren't even trying to make money to put in pocket but this guy was like questioning our motives because he felt like we should have been doing more digital stuff than physical stuff because the physical stuff costs more and he was like what y'all trying to make a profit and i'm like yeah <laughs> like why would we not be trying to make a profit? I don't, I don't even understand your logic. Like, we don't want to go into debt trying to do this. You know what I mean? But he was really upset. He was so upset, in fact, that he he spent a day going to every message board and forum he could, trying to blast mainly Danny because he didn't really know me, but trying to blast Danny, saying he was a terrible creator because he wanted to make a profit off of his books and using Kickstarter. But they backfired on him because people who didn't even know Danny started taking up for him like, yo, why wouldn't he try to get make the book profitable in some form or fashion? You know what I mean? So I wanted to punch per personally punch him in his mouth whenever I saw him. <laughs> but, you know, COVID came in. It's probably a good thing because uh, as peaceful as I try to be, just the fact that he went out of his way. Like, if you don't rock with it, just don't rock with it. But like that was just too much but I'm, I'm, I, I think it's ridiculous like if you have that much of a problem with it just don't support it what's your problem right you know what I mean right 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 I mean to be honest with you I don't even know how I would make a profit to pay myself because you know I'm the writer so for Destination Earth so for me I have to pay the artists I have to pay the letterer or I have to pay um, to get it printed and all the other things that go with it so most of the money that I get from the Kickstarter is paying everybody else to help me put the book together so I don't see how I can make a profit on this uh, or pay myself on this when I'm just paying other people to help me get the book out there and put it together well, so, that's based on your current numbers though because that trajectory can always grow and change so this is true this is true what are your thoughts Sean you brought up the question what's your what, what are your thoughts um I feel as though and this is just me personally I I feel like I don't think I don't think a creative shit right but that's just me I don't feel like creative because to me it's already gravy you're asking somebody to help with usually the printing of the book 
-hmm. right? Mm -hmm. This is your choice. This is your baby. Nobody asked you to do this. You know what I mean? You mm -hmm. to do this and you're asking for help. And then on top of that, of course, if you're asking for help, you could you could ask for anything. You could say, hey, can you, can, you, can you help me pay my rent? Because, you know, times are really tough right now. I'm trying to do this book. But at the same time, to me, it's like nobody asked you to do this book and, and, and do it this way. You know what I mean? Now, as far as like asking for money to help pay other creators on the project, yes, I'm all for that. But at the end of the day, the person behind the Kickstarter, I don't think they should be looking to for somebody to help pay their bills and pay the other stuff while they're doing this project you know what i mean um and this i learned this lesson the hard way to my the way i look at it is that you do whatever it is you have to do do a part-time job do your commissions you know whatever if you're a writer whatever it is you do and get your project together right and then once it's 95 finished you want to launch the kickstarter to pay for the people that that help with that cool because you're going to turn around and sell this product and make money off of it that way as well you know what i mean if you're right and especially if you already if you did reach your kickstarter goal and you got help printing this book and you were able to pay your creators it's gravy what's your real cost you know what i mean when you turn around and sell the book like i i think i think um, sometimes I, and I know not everybody of course this isn't everybody but I think there are some people that look at Kickstarter as just a way just to make money I don't have to do anything else I'm going to do this project and, I'm, and people are going to pay me to do a project you're going to pay me to do this thing you know what I mean and then I'm going to, going to turn around and sell it too like it, to me it seems like it seems like double dipping yeah it, it does and you know and one of the things I, I see it as is like yeah, I'm going to make money selling this book to recruit my losses. But there's also branding, which Wally, you're really big on is branding is like, hey, whatever I put in this Kickstarter for rewards, let's say I design T-shirts or hats or whatever for rewards for my backers. That's additional merchandise that I can use to sell to help me uh, recruit what I'm putting into the book and use some of those funds to move forward on the next thing so I can ask for less money on the Kickstarter. So there's ways that you as a creator could pay yourself without using the Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there are some people that have, who, who create Kickstarters and it's always amazing to me when I look at the numbers of what some people ask for books and, and how they're getting their numbers, mm -hmm. you know. But for those people that are getting those numbers, those, you know, some of those people have been in the industry for a very long time and very well known and have a very big following. And they're able to get that type of funding and that type of support. I mean, I guess I'm just a little, I see it a little respectfully different from, from y'all. And I think I, I see it that way because I look at it all as a part of the business, the structure, the game. And I look at it like if, you know, we all know running a Kickstarter is work within itself. And, and granted, as Sean pointed out, like nobody's asking you for this. So this is you putting it out to the market. But I think that's the key too. It's everybody's choice, whether they, they want to support that project and how far they want to support it. You know what I mean? So if someone is in a position where people are willing to, whether, you know, most people aren't going to say pay my bills, but they'll, you know, you will know that there's a profit more. I mean, I've seen some creators that literally put mortgage rent whatever 
on their thing. So some people say it directly and other people just like, you know, pay myself a, a fee, my fee that I would normally make. I've seen professional creators say that. They would be like, yo, instead of me working for Marvel for the next six months, if I raise this much, I don't have to work for them. I'll just be doing this or I'll just be doing that. And I guess according on how the person moves and how what their energy is like, it may change or alter how I, how I feel about it. But ultimately, I just look at it like if they have a following that's willing to support them in a way and they can get something out of it where they feel good about what they're getting in exchange, then it's an equivalent situation. If it's, you know, whether it's the pricing of the books and the other merch or, you know, whatever, even like our campaign going through the numbers, there were people that gave bonus money and didn't want anything in exchange. Why? I'm not 100 percent sure. I reached out to most of them just to make sure, like, yo, you sure? You know, you you paid for this. You don't have to put that and like, no, I believe in what you're doing. I want to make sure that I contribute however I can to see it come to the go to the next level. You know what I mean? So me personally, I just look at it like it's all a part of the business, whether I'm going to work 40 hours here and, and make a product that you buy or that I sell. And even on the back end of having product later, you know, I've had some books that did decent with the fundraising side, but they didn't sell tons afterwards. They might have not been high selling books or great selling books for me, but I had them. And, you know, so the, the, the cost was covered. And that's a great thing. Like like Sean mentioned, that's a wonderful thing. If you can. My number one goal with these campaigns is to just not have to pay out of my pocket to produce the project if I can. But I also look at it like if I hire uh, artists or if I hire a writer, an inker, a colorist, and I happen to be the illustrator or one of the illustrators, if it was anybody else, I'd want to make sure that they eat. So why wouldn't I have the same intent for myself if possible? Of course, team before myself, that's always a sacrifice. But I just look at it like at the end of the day, I'm, I'm in this for a multitude of reasons. And if the people are willing to support whoever it is, you know, even your situation, David, like if your goal is to get Decimation Earth to where it can pay you, your staff and whatever else and whatever by whatever means that is, whether it's product, merch, whether it's Kickstarters, whether it's signing multiple TV and film deal, whatever, whatever combination of things puts it in that position. If you was if you would have made a hundred thousand off of this campaign, I seriously doubt you would have been like, no, people take this fifty thousand that would have been a salary to me or somebody else back. You know what I'm saying? Like, right? You would have definitely figured out or, or just invested it back into the company, you know, or, or something. You know what I mean? So that's my stance. And, and that and you bring up a good point. If let's say if I had made a hundred thousand on this Kickstarter, that money would have been invested back into the company to help further the product. To me, that's where it is. It's always paying it forward to the next project and to the next thing until this thing can generate itself and make money. I mean, you and I always joke around about getting the movies or, or the deals from Netflix. And I always make jokes about, well, I ain't taking the Netflix check because it's going to bounce. But ultimately, we all want to get into a position where we either are going to get some type of something that's going to make this pay for itself. Right. And I'm taking a Netflix check. Of course, you, of course, you two are taking me. a Netflix check. What? Definitely take it. What? Like, so, like, yeah. I, I'll give an example. There's a guy named Jason. Uh, I think his last name is Brew Baker or Brew Barker or something like that, right? He used to work for Dream. Jason Brew Baker. Oh Brubaker. my God. Yeah. yeah. So, you familiar with him, Sean? 
Oh yeah, he's legendary. So so he left DreamWorks, right? That's what he was working for, DreamWorks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Making a six-figure salary. Right, right. And went to Kickstarter and Webtoons, and I think for the past, I don't know, three or four years, that's what's been paying his his bills. Uh, he left Cali and went uh, where he was from, which was cheaper to live. But I think his Kickstarters right now, well, shoot, he does Kickstarter and Indiegogo. So he'll put the book on Kickstarter first, make whatever it's going to make there, and then shoot it over to Indiegogo and make whatever it makes there. But he's one of those who always mentions this amount is going towards my studio space, my storage space, and bills. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And I think he's been doing it. He's been making his living in part, if not all, at one point off of the campaigns for the past three or four years. At least the past mm. three. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Well, you know what, Wally? This is something, right? Mm-hmm. This is why I try to have the philosophy of how I am. I always say, I believe what I believe till I don't believe it, right? Meaning, I can have I can have a stance on something, I feel a type of way, and from conversation and the person brings a certain point, I'm willing to say, yo, that's a good point. Because I hate people that do that shit. I hate people that say, no, 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 you're wrong, you're wrong. This is how it is. This is how it's always going to be. You're trying to tell me that nothing you talk about in life you can never see another point. You might, you, you right. can't change your mind. You right. can't say some person might be right. That is a really good point. I, and I, f- I forget about him because he's one of the people I admire as far as like really doing this artist, this artist thing for a living. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and I've seen the progression of like him, you know, doing it from his studio and stuff like that. And then having like an office mm-hmm. and, and, you know, this being his thing. And, the other thing I like about him too is that he is focused. Right. That's right. his thing. He's like, yo, I'm here to put out books. You know what I mean? This is Major what I'm focus. a publisher. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, even to the point, and I want to ask you about this, Wally, and, and you too, Dave, but I know you don't do conventions as much. He had a whole blog where he talked about why he doesn't do conventions. Yeah. And I was reading it. You crazy? Right. What? <laughs> right. <laughs> There's money out there, man. These hills are green. Yeah. And, um, and he was like, yo, the, the time at a convention ends up costing him. And he brought he did a financial chart mm-hmm. and brought down how much these conventions cost, which is another thing that people don't realize how much time and money goes into these conventions, right? right, right. Um, but he broke it down and he made a really strong case of why it might be better not to do conventions. But um, but yeah. going back to the first part real quick, as far as like that's a really good example of like, hey, maybe you get to a point and you pay yourself all the, you know, from Kickstarter, as long as you're transparent about it. Right. That's a good point, man. Right. And, he, and he's very, that's one thing that, that made me start paying a lot of attention, aside from the fact that he was leaving a job that most people would be like, what? But yeah, he was very transparent about everything. Like, yo, I put my family into turmoil for a little bit. Like, yo, mm-hmm. um, and you could, you could see the stress on his face some days when he was posting, in the early days of posting videos where it's like, Hey, I hope, bro, all right. Like, I hope he's not going to jump off a cliff or something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but, you know, he, 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 I was, when he posted about the whole convention thing, I was already in a, like, even when I met David, I was telling him, like, yo, you should check these conventions out and make sure it's for you. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. it's a difference in the, the glamour and glitz of it and then the mm-hmm. other side of it. And, and, 
when I saw him talking about it, I was like, yeah, I already, already kind of feel him because I had been debating, like, how should I handle this going forward? I know I still wanted to do conventions, but mm-hmm. how do I make it worthwhile? Because the number I get into for free compared to the number I pay for is lopsided. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And this year, last year, I would have had way more invites than ever. And of course, COVID was like, nah, it don't matter who invited yeah. <laughs> Like, that's not happening. But yeah. Hey, you, come here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you with the plans. But yeah. Down, right. But, yeah. but he, like you said, he made some very valid points and it was the type of things um, I was always thinking about like, man, was this show like you know for a full year it tends to balance itself out but then you look at some of those mm-hmm. weekends and you're like i could have did this that weekend i could have did that that weekend mm-hmm. and so I, I was on the fence about what i was going to do with the shows that i hadn't paid for and then mm-hmm. COVID hit and it kind of made the decision for me and it was like well right good i didn't put tons of money out there just to have to be you know figuring it out mm-hmm. later but and which you know I don't ever want to discourage nobody from that side of the game, but I think it's figuring out what your path is with this. You know what I'm saying? Like I always get on David about ownership and he said, you've got on him before about ownership. Like where it's just like, yo, I want to, I don't, I don't mind creating certain things to sell to other people, but I want to create things that I have complete ownership in or enough ownership in to where it don't lose sight of where I wanted to be or what I wanted it to do. Like I used to chase Marvel in DC when I was super young until I realized that wasn't going to get me nowhere. You know what I mean? Then it became all about how can I build this on my own and what was I already doing that was working before I started to try to worry about those places, those people. And that's when life started to change, you know? I, I, I'm not against doing deals with whoever, but I'm also not against building my own. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, and uh, thinking back to, um, I think I think something Dave mentioned is key too. No, you know, know that I'm looking at this from a different angle. I think starting off, a lot of people want to jump in and say, "This is going to pay me." I feel like you should get a couple kit starters under your belt, show some some kind of. Um, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, credibility. credibility. Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, right. and, and show that you're really in, in it with the skin and then maybe say, yo, this is what I want to do now. Like, you know, I can't, you know, I'm going to need some help to do this full time or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, I knew a girl that has, she told me, she was starting off and she told me straight to my face and uh, she was working at a comic book store I used to go to. And she was like, yeah, I'm working on a, a story and I'm going to do a book and then I'm going to do Kickstarter and it's going to be this amount. And then, you know, I got to put something there because, you know, you got to they got to pay me because doing doing a Kickstarter is work. And I was like, it just seemed, came off like kind of arrogant. You know what I mean? Like this is your first ever. You're not known as a writer or a creator. You know, you just want to do this thing and then you want people to pay you to do this thing. Right. And then I know a guy that um, set a, a, a Kickstarter. I think it was his first kid starting. He, the, the amount he was asking for was astronomical. And he was like, a part of it was his fee was like to pay himself. Right. And it was, he was like, he was, he had worked out his daily rate as such and such. And it made the Kickstarter crazy. And I was like, yo, if he had just sacrificed, you know what I mean? Yeah. Dropped, dropped the, the Kickstarter rate. He would have made the, the, the thing. And you know what I mean? He would have been good, but no, here it is. He doesn't have a project. 
he didn't get paid. You know what I mean? So it's like everything went to waste because his, his right. ego got ahead of the, the main goal. Yeah, so I feel that's another yeah, lesson I, I, for people too. Like, kind of, you know what I mean? Like, kind of, you know, walk before you run. Right. Yeah, and I and I agree with that. And that was something that I looked at hard at when I looked at it because the last time we did it, I think what did we ask for? We asked for four thousand, and we got forty eight. But it was like, well, we were we were close again, and then we went over it at the last few hours, but. This time around, we hit our goal within 19 days, and then it was a steady process of us. I think we went over our goal by maybe by 2,000 or something like that. But there was a difference from how we where we were in the five-day stage of the Kickstarter. We were only at, I think, 3,000, and we were five days away from getting what we needed. Where when we were in five days away in this one, we were tipping towards 5,000 when we were only asked for 35,000. And the point I'm trying to make is every time you do these Kickstarters, you learn. You learn how to get better at it. Now, I know I drove both of you both crazy when I was doing this Kickstarter around because I was trying to figure out the rewards. And that's something I think we should talk about is how we do the rewards because, you know, you and I, Wally, went back and forth on this and so did you, Sean, with me. It's like, you know, I was trying to to design the rewards at a certain level, and Stephanie, my wife, was also saying, "She's like, look, people don't back you for the rewards necessarily. They back you because they believe in your projects, and so and they believe in what you're doing. So I'm sitting here trying to focus on the big numbers to get to where I need to go. When my little numbers are ones that help propel the project. Yeah, I definitely told you that you were um, you were going the corporate route with it." kind of forgetting about the people you know what i mean like you know you do have people out there that spend a ton of money in this 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 field but everybody's not going to do that especially like sean said when you know you're still building and it's a new thing you might have one or two people but the majority are going to spend within the comfort zone even if they like what you're doing you know what i mean they're going to figure out what makes sense for them and where we might not be thinking about it they're like well i got 10 other kickstarters to pay for this money you know what i'm saying like, mm-hmm. so i can't give you but so much money and i might have to take some of that back you know what i mean like mm-hmm. by the time those 30 days start running out and that's the other part i always stress to people too like yo them numbers look great but we don't really know what's what until the very end when things yep. are clearing and then we know where we really are you know what i mean that's yep. why i always i'm always pushing beyond like people be like yo you should be celebrating you hit i'm like yes inside i'm very thankful mm-hmm. but i'm always analyzing and looking at what's the next move to try to push beyond that just in case that core goal still hasn't really been reached yet like when those numbers come in i might lose 500 a thousand you know just because not lose but people may you know have like i had people hit me before and, and we've talked about that david like people hitting you and they're like yo i got some things that happen I, I I wanted to support, but man, mm-hmm. I got to pull my my pledge, which I respect. Like I appreciate. It. I'm not never mad when that happens. You know, you just that slight disappointment and dang, we just lost another. All right, but my thing is retaining that relationship to where they understand the value isn't in that one pledge. The value is in the value is in the long term, which. <laughs> 
And, that, and that's important. The value to me is in the long term. The value is to me that you're a fan and that you believe in the project and you're going to be a person who's going to continue to read the book. So if you pull your pledge now, that doesn't mean you're not going to believe in the project and come back on the next Kickstarter and help support the project. Um, and But, you know, you did bring up a valid point. I think a lot of people don't realize that at the end of the Kickstarter, it's still a waiting process for those funds to be shifted to you so you can use them for your project because there's still that window for people to adjust to take to take back their uh, their um, to cancel their pledges or up their pledges or change their pledges you know and then we also got to throw in the fact that Kickstarter takes 5% um, then there's the processing off the top fee. and then there's the processing fees so you might do uh, don't forget shipping fees that's the fees and shipping fees and yeah you and I talked about that you know because it was just like I think the last Kickstarter I got hurt because of shipping fees because I didn't account for and you got somebody overseas boom you know what I mean you got somebody in Germany yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and so you know I sat down and accounted for that but you know that's another thing you gotta think people don't realize is that when you got someone in Germany who wants to, to do your to back your project. That's like twenty five to thirty dollars to ship a package over there. Mm. You know, that's a flat rate. You're not counting how much. But that's just it's, it's not, a flat rate, and it's not, not just that either. Like it's what we pay to ship it, but then they have a cost most of the time when it gets over there, a customs cost or whatever, and that can be crazy. Mm-hmm. Like based on where they are and what you value the item at you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. for them to get some of our right. stuff they might end up paying 60 70 dollars in, in in total shipping cost which is crazy when you think about it yeah yeah i mean i think canada's rate is what 30 dollars 20 between 25 or 30 dollars going on what it is going on what it is and so yeah and so I think a lot of people might, you know, because I remember you, Sean, who was just harping on me, you know, like, Dave, I get it. You don't want to do it. But trust me, you've seen what happened when you went to the post office to mail stuff out. You have to account for that when you're setting up your Kickstarter. There's so many nuances and little things that people don't really see behind uh, what we do for these Kickstarters. I mean, and then... You know, there's always, you know, we're talking behind after the Kickstarters. I know the three of us are always talking about, okay, what could we do better the next time? What can we do to give the people what they want, who want to back us? What is a successful item and how can we continue to get the support we need to continue to produce the products that we produce? It's a tough conversation and it always changes. It's always adjusting. But you know, that's why I focus so heavy on the branding side of it. And I want to make sure it's items that people enjoy, people buy into, people live into. You know, that's always my my whole speech. Like, I want them to trust me, trust the brand, see something in it that reminds them of themselves or where they want to be or what they want to do. You know, something that motivates you know what I mean? Like I just try to I try to relate and touch, connect with people beyond just these are the characters, beyond just this is the title of the book, beyond just this is a hoodie. Like I want you to see something in it that has a value bigger than 
the price tag. You know? Right. Well, that's. We'll just segue from there into our next subject, which is something that Wally and I started goofing around about. I think a week ago we started talking about it. It's like DC Comics and all the chaos that's going on over there, and you know all the layoffs and eighteen team buying it. And so I put it to Wally. It's like, well, if you could own DC Comics, if you were in the position of the new GM of DC Comics or the head editor or whatever that position is, what would you do to make DC Comics more? more competitive with Marvel. And, and, you know, me answering that real quick, real simply is I wouldn't want the job, personally. If I got, yeah. Especially if I got that kind of bread. Like, you know, maybe I'll, I'll take a percentage of whatever and set certain other people in position that care about the DC world more and have a vested interest in it. Because I feel like DC's main issue is that they don't have a Kevin Feige. You know what I mean? Like they don't have somebody who has that passion and they keep changing people's positions and, and things switching so much that they may never, Snyder was close to being a person like that, but you know, that went how it went and they're trying to fix that now, but I don't know if it's too late or not, especially on the overall for the comics and all that. But I, you know, I like certain characters over at DC, but I don't love them anymore. To know if I care, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if anything, I want to grab a milestone and see what I can do with that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But if I could figure out how to make it make money to where I could do other things, cool. But if I got to buy it and I got that kind of bread, I'm not buying DC. Not at this point. Mm. Not me. Well. Sean? Ah, uh, I would I would do it. You know what I mean? Just to just to see what would happen. It can't be worse than what's going on. I I said it. I burnt them. Take that, DC. <laughs> I'll teach you. Um, it's it's a case where um, I think one of the key components is what um, Wally just said. You know what I mean? You need you need that 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 head figure. Um, that's going to help guide them. Now we're talking about the cinematic universe. We're talking about the Both. comic books. I'm talking about everything. Everything. Well, yeah, yeah. You need needs. You definitely need somebody that's there heading up that cinematic universe, making it more cohesive. You need to somebody heading up that um, the the publication department. Um, as far as the the cinematic universe, you got to give up on trying to catch up with Marvel. People have been saying it for the longest, and this is a case where the fans have been correct. You know what I mean? Like people need to stop. Yes, there are a lot of fanboys out there that just like they just want to keep Superman in his underwear <laughs> forever. You know what I mean? I hate to see that. I hate the blue with the red underwear. That be the, actually that's the first thing that's going. That's the first thing I'm doing. I'm getting rid of it. What there there's some things fanboys need to get over. It's so jarring to see Superman appear and he has that red underwear. I just saw a drawing from um, I think is uh, oh my God, Jorge. Jimenez, oh, no. Jorge, Jorge it's a, Jimenez, it's a, yeah. You know what I mean, like the the um the, the Superman artist, yeah, the Justice yeah. League artist. Doing Batman, yeah. His work, yes. Oh my God, his work is phenomenal, right? right? And, they, 
Even he couldn't he say can't. that. And, but the weird thing is, and not to stop your flow, uh, like they won't give him Superman, and that's all he really wants. They'll give him Justice League, they'll give him Batman, mm. but they won't give him Superman. I'm like, why not? But they're putting everything on Batman right now. What? Batman is supposed to be holding the DC world up because that's the book that sells the most right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's where I would make the biggest change. What? I would downsize and you'll be Batman broke tomorrow. To two titles. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe I would do a, a a Batman, you know, the straight Batman set in Gotham, and then maybe do a Batman and Robin, and, and maybe do the detective. Keep the detective. Keep the Batman and Robin, and maybe then do a team up book where he teams up with different DC characters. You know, like the old TV, sh- like the old cartoon, The Brave and the Bold, where Batman would team up with different heroes and take on various villains in his rogues gallery. You know, those would be three books I would look to 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 do with Batman, and then. You know, then you would have the Superman, and then I would do a Superman family, and then I would do Wonder Woman, and, and I think hey, I would focus. Is on... it okay if I if I if I come yeah, back sure. in two minutes? I'll be right back. Keep going. Yeah, you're I'll be right well, back. David, you're, gonna, you're gonna be yeah. broke, man. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you what. And so <laughs> I'm gonna tell you why you're gonna be selling the company to somebody else <laughs> in a few weeks. They have they have built things so far from Batman's shoulders. Think about what their top selling books are right now. Curse of the White Knight, um, the separate Harley Quinn story that comes from the Curse of the White Knight, the Joker story, or was it the Three Jokers or whatever? Joker's yeah, War. Three Jokers, the Joker's um, War. Uh, God. Um, Punchline, her whole thing, which still comes out of Batman, right? And then the Batman storyline, the regular Batman storyline that Sean was talking about that uh, Jimenez is doing, that's what, five, six titles that are consistently selling the 30, 20 to 30, 40,000 units per month. Well then, why not recreate the universe and have Batman be the linchpin of the universe and build everything I mean, you around could, Batman? But how do you get Superman? You know, Superman is like unless it's world's finest type situation. Like with Superman, I think he could sell if they just give it to the right writer and the right artist, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. I think every everything else like has a following. Like right now, it's, um, what's the joint that Campbell is doing? Um, the, the Spectre joint, the uh, old girl that's the, the, the new lantern. Um, far oh, Sector, yeah. Um, like, I don't know the numbers sector. that it's doing, but it's doing well enough that it's built its own. You know what? DC needs to do what Def Jam had to do when Jay Z came in and took over for that small period of time. They need to stop trying to make the million dollar videos and get back to just making some good $80,000 to, to $200,000 videos. DC needs to get back to making small but steady books that fit the people who support that project. You know what I'm saying? Like Green Lantern has a following. Who are the green, who are the lanterns or what lantern story can be put together that will get people back involved with Green Lantern? What Wonder Woman clearly has a following in the film side, but 
why is she not selling as good in the comics? Is it the artist? Is it the story the writer? Is it a combination of both? I think they just got a lot of restructuring and questions to answer. And they need to stop trying to make everything Batman sales. Everything's not gonna do Batman numbers. Just break it, bring it back down and try to do something that can sustain itself at numbers that make sense for what that project is, and then figure out how to grow that audience from there, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But, you know, from the book side, I can see that. But for me, it's also, if we look at the cinematic universe, their success have been mostly on small screen with their cheesy CW universe, um, which a lot of people like. I li- I, I, I'll be honest with you, I liked Arrow, but then it kind of got... It kind of wore on me because then I realized it's the same CW formula that they use for all their shows, One Tree Hill or Dawson's Creek or whatever. I mean, you just have them in tights and running around with masks on. Um, but, you know, they were successful with that universe. They've been successful with successful with their animation, but they can't get it right. with. So that's because they, they have a dedicated team who really care about the animated side, like that team that Warner Brothers has, Warner Brothers had, that crew, the writers, the illustrators, like, they all really care. And they're kind of, I guess, kind of not touched by everything else. They kind of do what they do, and they're left alone. That's what it seems like. So maybe that's the difference on that end, because they, you're right, they do great material when it comes to the animated side. Yeah, they do. They do. They do great material when it comes to the animated side. Now, I'm interested to see what it's going to be like now that they've done uh, the Apocalypse War, War, where they did a Flashpoint uh, ending. To see how they're resetting that universe. It's interesting right. to see how everything comes out of that. You know, I mean, maybe that's where they should. Maybe you should put your focus there. Put your focus in the animation universe and the comic books and leave the big universe and leave the cinematic I think they universe messed up on. when they started listening to the Marvel fans who were saying DC should do what Marvel does and they started trying to do it I think listen like Sean said earlier it's, let's not we can't pretend like the DC films weren't succeeding they just weren't succeeding to Marvel's numbers right like we got to a place where people were like if it's not making a billion dollars, it's not a good movie. And it's like, what? <laughs> what? Stop it. So Batman v Superman, even though they chopped it up from what Snyder originally made it out to be, still made substantial money, right? Aquaman made a billion dollars. Wonder Woman made a billion dollars. Um, Man of Steel, regardless of what some people want to say, it was a well done movie and it made a ton of money those same movies before Marvel movies came out would have been considered blockbusters after Marvel and the Avengers started breaking the records that they broke everybody put expectations in a different place and then DC saw everything they did as failure so they started chopping everything up reworking everything bringing in different people and then you saw what could have been a nice structure you remember in the animated universe how they did everything backwards like they introduced 
everybody and made them a team and then went back and started telling their individual stories on the films or whatever that's what they they looked mm-hmm. like they were going to try to do with the mm-hmm. anime with the with the uni- the, the cinematic universe and then suddenly well, no, we are, we gotta hurry up and do this because Marvel and it's like no now you just messed up your whole formula that could have worked for you you could have followed the same thing and I, yeah I mean I think the reason another reason why that was successful is because they have a, had already laid the groundwork for that you know, that cinematic universe animation wise throughout the time of history there was the super friends there was the superpowers there was the Batman and Superman cartoon shows they had that preflow of history that they had the groundwork on so if they had looked at it as as you said said okay let's introduce them as a team and then go backwards right. because everybody knows who they are and go from there they probably would have been a lot more successful in that way no, I mean I mean and then the difference in the DC Marvel world you have the big three it's Wonder Woman Batman and Superman but in the Marvel world I don't you know this is just me being probably because I'm not a huge Marvel fan I'll be honest with you is there really a big three in Marvel versus the big three in DC no Spider-Man is their their main guy by all Spider-Man is is basically their Batman and Superman rolled in one um but see and that's the thing Mm -hmm. they didn't need it though they were able to make Daredevil a hit by just doing a well-done TV show. So he he went past his normal fan base, right? They were able to, they're about to do the same thing with Moon Knight. They're going to make Moon Knight a hit with his normal fan base and everybody else who tunes in because, oh, this is something new that, that's being put out. And they showed that they could take characters that most people didn't care nothing about and make them a huge hit simply because they knew how to market them and they knew how to cater to their core while at the same time expanding into another group to some degree. And and that's another point that I think DC or whoever was running the show as far as the execs at DC was missing heavily, bro. Like they were really out there trying to do too much. And again, I think a lot of it comes back to messing with the teams that you had in place why not if you pick these people because they had a track record of certain things why not let those people put the formula in place and, and try to make it work can't be no worse than like Sean said than where you already are you know what I mean but Marvel has the look at Guardians who was talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy that name in itself besides people who were just really comic heads who was talking about Guardians yeah no, no one. Because I remember Guardians of the Galaxy as a kid. I remember seeing a comic book and, and looking into it. And and then when they brought Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like, okay, I don't. Who are all these characters they're putting here? Because these aren't the original ones I remember from the original Guardians of the Galaxy. You know. And so, but some people aren't fans of James Gunn. They, they, you know, some people think Guardians of the Galaxy do, was trash. Look, look, look at the success of the films, though, and not even just the money, just the conversational success. You know what I mean? Yeah. We are here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I apologize. That was a little clamp. 
had to take Davis, care of some stuff. Davis said I, he's going to hire James Gunn somewhere at DC Comics, uh, DC Cinematic Universe altogether. <laughs> I'm there for it. Sign me up. <laughs> uh, that could work. Yeah. If not, if not, David, who 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 would you go? Who would you trust to save your beloved DC Comics, man? Oh, jeez, not JJ Abrams. Oh, hey, Abrams tried to save Star Wars. They just gave him a piece of a piece of a piece to do it with. You know, that's the thing. That's I think that's what my knock is on him his involvement in Star Wars. So can't blame him for that though. They I called him know. in at the last hour and was like, "Here's what we got. What can you do with?" You know. Yep. Wait. He so did he did Star, Star Wars Trek and Star, Star Trek. Hmm. Okay. I did like that, he did Star Trek, Trek was all. Well, I'm not gonna say you know he had writers, but that was his vision when he first did that first move their first revamp mm-hmm. so he did that as a as a as a basically a portfolio to say look this is what i can do with star wars if you guys let me do my thing but it, what about what about Kirkman Kirkman? to do what this to, is crazy to do what? To me. what about robert Kirkman? <laughs> what, <laughs> what ah! Kirkman? yo the venom is, that came what, out what do you call Kirkman to do what 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 Dave? what do you want him to do I'm, I'm, okay. <laughs> I'm thinking outside the box. Yeah. I'm thinking outside the box. Wait, hold on. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta explore this a little bit. We can't just leave this, Wally. What's, what's story the issue with Kurtman? It's very inspirational. You know, the idea of a white man uh-huh. laying in his apartment in a fetal position, crying because he has tried everything and is not working, and then he hustles his way into one last shot, and it and it works. That's an amazing story. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, I don't see Kurtman mm-hmm. caring about nothing that he doesn't own directly. Period. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I got Image, I got Skybound, and then I think he's got some other thing he's doing. TKO. Now you TKO. want me to go over and do what? You want me to save who? All right, Batman fights zombies. All right, Superman fights zombies with Kryptonite. <laughs> All right, mm-hmm. Rick gonna show up in the episode, and you're gonna find out he ain't dead. I just don't see. I don't. <laughs> Kurtman is cool, uh, invincible. He got invincible popping again. You know what I'm saying? I just don't know that. A lot of my other friends who are deep, deep writers, they like Kurtman's hustle, but they don't feel like he's that guy when it comes to writing, and like taking stories of certain types of characters and doing something with them. And I kind of see Kurtman as being the guy who likes to write what he likes to write. I don't know that he's going to go in there and make some phenomenal Superman story for you. You know what I'm saying? Maybe a one-shot. Maybe a one-shot, but I don't... Like, revamping the whole universe? What about Snyder? Wait, hold on real quick. I feel the same way about Kurtman. Mm. I thought mm. it was just me. I I I admire Kurtman's yeah. his, his same thing you said his hustle. You know what I mean? I like it. I like his his story. Right. It'll make for a great documentary. Right. All that good stuff. You know what I mean? I admire the amount of work he's doing. Right. I am good on each of his stories. 
I am good on everything that Kurt writes. When I first saw Walking Dead, loved it. I said, oh my God, this is this show is incredible. It's based off a comic book? Well, I got to support the comic book. Let me go Let me go get this. And I think uh, Image was doing like a dollar, the back issue dollar thing where it's like, you know, you could try it for 99 cents. You know what I mean? So they reprinted like the first issue. I read that <laughs> shit and fell asleep. I said, this is boring as hell. I kept watching the series. The show is phenomenal, but I, I just could not get into the book. Okay, cool. Invincible. Could not get into Invincible. Um... This uh what's the no- I I don't think I've I think I read yeah. the when he did the werewolf. Yeah. It was this white werewolf or something. I read that. That was did did not like that. Um recently he did uh no not recently, relatively recently he did the thing the 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 the, the character yeah, with Tom McFarlane. Right. I, just, I, I only Haunt. want those trash. The character design, the illustration trash Capullo was doing. That was it. Yes. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? But the Spawn yeah. meets Spider-Man story? Nope. Nope. The way he executed it? Nope. Uh, what was it recently? Mm-hmm. And then recently he did uh, Firepower, which is a bad ripoff of Iron Fist. I'm like, yo, I, I'm not feeling I'm not feeling Kirkman's stuff, man. Probably right. a great guy. I don't know him. No, no disrespect. Everybody has their own opinion. I know there's people out here who hate my art. It is what it is. But I'm 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 good. I'm good on Kurtman. Well, cool. I... Oh, what was the newest one? I got um, I got uh, there's a new one he did. Oh, Stealth. He did Stealth, yeah, but yeah, uh, I think I it's think his so, vision. Yeah. Somebody else wrote it. Um, that was that was okay. Is more about the twist at the ending than any real than anything else per se. Like the other thing, I, I give him credit for being him, and I give him credit for looking out for some of the other creators mm-hmm. when he opened up Skybound on a limited level. He, you know, shot some people chances to do their thing, which I I had hoped he was going to do on a grander scale, mm-hmm. and kind of to a degree open up the doors for a whole another wave of image. But he hasn't quite done that yet. But hey, outside of that, David, I'm sorry. I guess me and Sean, we ain't with you on that one, bro. Well, <laughs> but I don't really see. The, I don't think there's a need for him to open up and well, do an I, I image I'll, because I'll there's already an image. Of you like, know what I mean? Like Skybound is. Since he under, he still he still seems to be in touch with that indie drive. Looking at some of the books they do publish at Skybound, which still comes mm-hmm. out through Image. I kind of I was expecting him to run out and grab like the next wave of creators and say, "Look, boom, this is the new roster." You know what I'm saying? More, more like that. I thought he was gonna run out and grab a bunch of other cats. Like he, he went and got Kari Randolph and um, a couple other people to do books, and then they they launched their own titles. And I was like, okay, so he's about to really do this whole other wave that'll be kind of comparable to Image in in the in the fact that these are the guys who are killing it for Marvel and DC right now but probably still not getting what they they, they deserve but then it didn't happen mm. well I guess I'll go with my fault I wish it was Snyder if, if we can bring in another solid visionary to help on the writing side Well yeah. then, I guess, this is for the cinematic universe. I'm think, yeah, I would, okay. I would say James Gunn. Then I like him too. I like James Gunn. James Gunn. I, like James I think Gunn they're both with Snyder together. 
they tell stories differently. I don't know what that'll look like when they sit down to discuss and, and with the, in the writing room. But I like both of them. I think, you know, Gunn has a vision and he knows how to bring that home. I think Snyder has it. Snyder is, to me, one of the most visually cinematic transitions from comic to screen you can get. If you look at certain things in his movies, you know that he loves to read comics. The paneling, the way that things, the cinematographer that he has, you know. But I'm I'm going to give you even one better, though. Y'all might agree, you might not. I don't think he would take it, but I'd put, I'd put the cinematic universe in Kugler's hands, Ryan Coop. You know, that's crazy because I was just thinking that. Wait, who's he? Black Panther. <laughs> oh, yeah, there we go. But I think Kugler would go recruit people that he felt would handle each respective property. I don't think he'd try and tackle them all himself. I think he'd go and find people he felt like would handle it, and the ones that he cared about, he would sit down and spend the most time with. I like that. I like Kubler. I like that. I like that idea. I'm feeling that. I definitely feel that. Of course, then Zack Snyder may be the future of DC again. Man, it's not just getting changed. Whatever y'all want. Put my check in the bank. Mm-hmm. All right. That's how I feel because I don't know his stuff is a little too, like like Wally said. I think he needs a writer to help him or something. Like you know, what I mean, he has like a good vision for stuff. I mean, I like, um, I like a lot of what he did. But in terms of story wise, visionary, yeah. But you know, the vision, yeah. But story wise, I don't know. Some stuff got to work, and that goes back to what we said earlier. DC need to slow down, slow, slowly get back up and build their build their stuff over from scratch. Oh, here's a big thing. I don't know if y'all covered this while it was away. That whole multiverse thing, that that whole like, is it their their continuity is all jacked up. It's 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 too much, man. It's 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 horrible, and uh, it's too confusing. I would never want to like write for. You know, DC, I would want to tell them, like, hey, this is what y'all should do. And then, like, let them figure it out. But, uh, well, to, uh, to write. Mm. To me, that's, to me, it's like them hitting the reset button, which is different from Marvel. Because it looked like Marvel was always moving to the multiverse. That was always but hasn't, in the hasn't plan. DC reset, like, ten times in the past two years there. or something? Yeah, they've they reset it so many times. And that's the problem. You keep hitting reset. You keep hitting reset. You keep hitting reset. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. So let's segue into the next thing. Um, since we're still on DC, let's talk about who has the best rogues gallery and which one is the most diverse. Diverse. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. Marvel has. When you say diverse, you mean like let's talk about it. You mean like black people. I'm talking black and brown people, LGBTQ. I'm talking reflective of their environment. You're talking about and like what we changes live in right made now. recently. You talking about over all time? No. Over. Because I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't even know who's what right now. So many changes have been made recently <laughs> that I'm not even. I just found out Aqualad mm-hmm. is no longer uh, a straight black man, which I don't have a problem with. If that's his choice, he swim where he want to swim, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> I see what you did there, Wally, and I like it. <laughs> I like it. 
<laughs> whatever stream you want to swim in, I got you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, let's just break it down then. Who's got the best Rose Gallery? Still Marvel. Okay, let me hear your argument for Marvel. What makes them have the best Rose Gallery? Are you just going off hey, of Spider-Man? Just going off of Spider-Man. That's a great First Rose all, Gallery. Go ahead, Sean. You take away... That's what, that's what I'm saying. By, by himself, he trumps everything that DC has has done, right? But on DC right, side, right. if we if you take away right. Batman's Rose Gallery, they got nothing. Nothing. And even Batman's Rose Gallery is suspect. Because that's what people always like to throw, right? Oh, Batman's Rose Gallery. Killer Croc. The Joker. Uh-uh-uh-uh. Ventriloquist. That's where you start to lose me. We started getting know, into the ventriloquist. You know the thing. The, thing, the, the thing with Batman's gallery, okay, no. I started to realize. I'm a, I'm a Batman guy. According to who's working on him, it's his people are supposed to be the mm-hmm. mental, mm-hmm. a mental aspect of the brain. I started to realize that when you look at some of his characters, mm-hmm. it's it's more about. I I started to wonder if all of Batman's villains were in his head. Yeah. Mmm. Mmm. Okay, I like that. That that would make a great. Y'all story. gonna say, but Spider Man still got it. Though. But that's the thing. No, oh, go ahead. <laughs> all right, all right, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Now, let's okay. let's 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 go down the road here. So, Batman, you got the Joker. You got the Riddler. You got the Penguin. Hey, Catwoman you technically ain't Catwoman. a villain though. And you got Mister. Fr- no, not yeah, technically isn't okay. Miss Mr. Street, Batman's greatest bad guy. All right. Uh, what is Deathstroke really part of that Rose Gallery? Nah, or is that that's, that's Bat Family? Period. Deathstroke a problem for everybody. Mm. That too. That's true. That too. Oh, was he Teen Titans? Yep. Teen Titans. Yeah. You didn't even so, name Ra's al Ghul. That's probably one of the the. the, the the illest. Yep. Yep. Razal Ghul. Name Razal Ghul. But where I have problems with Batman's gallery, Rogue Gallery, I think Batman's Rogue Gallery is very good. <laughs> I think it's better than Spider Man. Hear me out. But what I have, where I think he gets a little weak, is when you bring in Polka Dot Man, Calendar Man, and, all, and Calculator. And <laughs> well, those are characters all that were made like in the era of goofy characters. Of... Mm-hmm. Bookworm. And that's what they should be getting rid of. Like there's certain things in DC and 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 Marvel too. Some of these, you know, other places as a whole that they carry over, and you have you have to let go of it. You have to realize that comics evolve. I, well, it, I or, think or else it's going to die. You know what I mean? It's already dying. If you guys you know remember I mean? that like, first issue, I think it opens up with a ton of those characters beat up and on the ground, or something like that. And it was like, uh, it was like, uh, mm-hmm. who was it? Not not Snyder, the film director, but the other Snyder, saying, "You're not going to get that here. I'm taking you somewhere else with the Quarter Owls and the history of Gotham and yada yada yada." But then they somehow circled back around when Snyder got off the book, I guess. So, yeah. And we, oh, you know what? Well, I even yeah. left out. Bane was only Bane. dope. Bane was only dope for a moment. Oh. And breaking Batman's back, which if we're being Hold honest on. about that, that was like word, word. You just picked my man up and broke his back. Okay, but 
<laughs> but he was already beaten. That's what made Bane so great in, the, in his original series. He has orchestrated right, that right. whole but thing to rear a, down Batman mentally crazy, and physically. Superpower. And I, then I when he was I at his you. lowest. But in Bane's representation in the Dark Knight mm-hmm. film was, was mm-hmm. dope mm-hmm. until the end when he started crying. <laughs> we just gonna forget that ever happened. But, That's but, what we but, gonna do. But we we're not gonna, gonna act like sweep Bane that under that carpet, under like, uh, that rug. Doctor Octopus or. Uh, uh, Connor and his whole trying to, you know, the reasoning behind why he became the lizard, or you know, for Catwoman we got Black Cat, you know what I mean? We got uh, 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 what's my man name? Mm. The Prowler, you know, like. Mm, I like this. The li- right, right, right. Mm. You know I mean? For Killer Croc, we got the lizard. I see where you're going Venom. with it. Venom for Ben, we got Venom. Come on now. Or come or, on. Or now. White women. Or, or, or yeah, King he cro- Kingpin crossed back and forth, but he's more Daredevil. But that's Daredevil. Guy. He's more Daredevil. More now. Uh, cause I mean, like. Yeah. Right. And Venom is good now, though. That's why it hit when a character becomes too popular, and then they make him like an anti-hero, but, but, and then hey, kind of good. Carnage. It's like, yo, man, come on, stop. You don't like Carnage? You don't like Carnage? I'm. Well, Who cares? It's trash. He, he kind of is, no. but no, it's so cheesy. Him to a lot of the other g- villains out there, anybody who can shake Venom up a little bit, I gotta give him a little bit of props. I got to. <sighs> I never took him serious. See, that's know. the thing. I'm thinking. <laughs> I never took I'm, I'm thinking of who in Batman's rogue gallery would be uh, equal to a carnage? as far as violence, the Joker, I guess. Um. Uh, how about uh, who's that guy Mr. Um, Zaz or something the one with the scars on all over uh, himself yeah. maybe yeah. him or Blossom I mean look Cletus Castle looks that like a rip off Joker let's be honest I have Before no idea who that is Carnage he looked like somebody was a fan of Joker and was like I want my own Joker right right but you know to me right now the baddest villain ain't Batman that just a Joker the Batman laughs Ain't that just a Joker? No. Oh my God. Oh no, my God. No. 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 That's... No. You miss. You miss. You mispronounce his <laughs> name. It's called. Uh, it's pronounced marketing tool. <laughs> Cash grab is another. I think is his alternate. That's his alias. Cash grab is that is one of the most ridiculous character. Well, I can't say ridiculous. I saw what he was going for it, but now they're just milking it. Have you seen what they've done with him recently? How they made him a god in that universe? No. Oh yeah. my well, they, god, it's it ridiculous! It doesn't seem like you're winning with your. I'm sick of them. Right I'm sick of DC. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Well, okay. And I'm a Batman guy. <laughs> okay, so let's set Batman aside then. All right, we'll set Batman aside. No, no. The Flash. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> that's 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 he's what you're doing. That's not, not the follow-up guy to go. I'm a Batman we'll kill guy too. Okay. Oh, okay. What's, what's the dude name? Grog. What's the, what's the brain? The the, the smart uh, <laughs> gorilla. What's his name? Gorilla Grog. Grog. I'm fast. Oh, I'm grog. fast. And yeah. You think really well. Grog? No. Mm-hmm. Gorilla Grog. Mm. 
Oh, but well, and don't forget Mirror Master. Oh. Ooh. And what's the other Shut flash up, with the DC. reverse colors? What is his name? I wish I wish the reverse flash. Does he run backwards too? <laughs> oh my god, reverse flash. <laughs> <laughs> he should. Next. He should. Give us another one. Dude. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's crazy. Captain all right, Cold. All right. uh, so you right. can run. You can run at late Listen, speed, I, I, I'm and I'm going to bring a freeze, freeze gun to try to stop you. <laughs> Captain Cold. Yeah. Get the hell out of here. Super. Okay. Yo, the okay. old. The... Let's go over the Marvel uh, side then. So we did spot. We come did on now. Mm-hmm. Captain America's rogues gallery. Does he have a rogues gallery? Okay, not not so much. We we can skip Cap. We ain't gotta go there. Let's go. Yeah. Have with Daredevil. Hmm. Yeah, Kingpin mm? and Bullseye by King themselves. Uh, Electra when she was not Bullseye. Good. Huh? Yeah. The hand. Mm-hmm. Typhoid Mary. Uh-huh. What? Uh-huh. Come on. What? Ooh, oh, no, David, come you're, on, you're not helping your DC case come here, on. man. There, that boy. <laughs> so you digging that? You on the man. internet searching? <laughs> okay, well, hold on. You know, we are, we are, we, are, we allowed one. We allowed, you know, one. Hold up, bro. You can't. Come on now. You can't call out Glad the jester. Right. You can't call out the jester. Yeah, well, that's one. But and see, but they, but they're not around anymore. You can't call out the Jester Man when you got the Man Penguin, Bull. the Joker, and the Riddler. <laughs> yeah. And the Ventriloquist. Okay, let, okay, now you guys open up the question here. You got the Joker, the Penguin, and the Riddler. The Riddler just does riddles, and the Joker just does whatever. In the well, well, the Riddler is a psychological character. Quacks, quacks, quacks. And I think this new Batman, they're gonna dive more into that with right. this take, where he's not just a funny riddle guy. Like it's on some seven type stuff. It seems like not as dark, maybe, but well, yeah, maybe. I mean, he's taping the dude up and smothering him, so maybe. But I think Riddler was supposed to be more mm. of a psychological brain game to challenge Batman's intellect. You know what I mean? But he became kind of a joke character. Like, who's mm-hmm. afraid of the Riddler? Exactly. And that's been my problem with Batman's Rose Gallery for the longest because um, you can't have him facing <laughs> Dark Side in one book and then fighting the ventriloquist to stand still. What? What are we doing here? I don't what? believe it. But, no, but- bruh. The same thing with Spider-Man. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm, Wally, I want to see where... Because this hole is looking nice and deep. Go ahead, uh, So babe. you have Spider-Man one uh-huh. day fighting uh, uh, uh-huh. Electro or uh, the Vulture. Uh-huh. But then he's going up uh-huh. against some cosmic what, 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 what entity cosmic, himself. What, you got to explain that, Mom. Uh, where are you going? Not all like that. Not this all is that. Spider-Man, though. Well, the... Uh, and he's, he's a yeah. Super, he doesn't he's a really fight dude. cosmic he's entities. Super smart dude. But a lot of times they want him around because hey man, he talks trash, but he's smart. Batman's smart, like on some. So is, so is ah Batman. man, I see they left a feather right there. Let me let me take that home and look at it under the microscope. Spider Man's smart on. I know how things work. I know how 
cosmic energy works. I know how electricity moves. I know how to build things. I can hang with Reed Richards and T'Challa and have a conversation. You know what I'm saying? And and not just that, Wally. Dave, you just said he goes from a, cons- a cosmic entity to coming back a funny electro <laughs> or a vulture. Right. I would take them over the ventriloquist on the river any day. So even then, the comparison Batman isn't the same. Yo, I just, yo, Alfred, I just beat up Darkseid. And then yeah. the ventriloquist just came out. And I had to handle his puppet. Look, <laughs> 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 well, I'm just throwing out, bro, you'd trying be better to get off an idea bringing up like galleries, the, the Green Lantern Corpse Rose Gallery or the, the Red Lanterns or something. Then you'd at least have a conversation where it's like, oh, that was menacing for certain reasons. I see you. Sean ain't even give you oh, that. Don't even get me started that. on that crap, man. The whole color spectrum. I give you that because I like the lanterns, and I thought the oh whole my red God, lanterns eating off of people's fear was now the whole green and yellow, yellow making green weak. I still ain't quite studied that enough to understand it, but I just said, hey, it's a comic. I'm gonna let that ride. But I, I like the blue lanterns oh, and what they oh. stand for. And I like the idea of <laughs> certain emotions being tied to certain colors with the red lanterns and the fear. And I thought that was kind of cool. But I didn't follow the story very well. I really didn't. I thought, or was it anger? I thought red was okay. anger. Yeah, well, red is red is anger. But even their top <laughs> guy, Atrocicus, his major move is to vomit on Probably. people. What are we doing here? I'm done. One of their baddies is a cat. And when I first saw it, right, I was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's an alien cat. It's vicious. It's, it's got some kind of powers. It's a regular cat. Get all the way the you hell the out one, of here. You know the one that got me was... What was, uh, was orange the Was orange, orange fear? Greed. Oh, lar fleece is greed. Yeah. Is, yeah, yellow is uh, fear. That's parallax. That's Sinestro's now, Sinestro. Core. Was and a then, dope uh, when he became bad. Lar, Lar Fleas, I thought and it's that, just that him. was dope because he Cause understood everything there was about. And I didn't follow the story again; it didn't catch my interest mm-hmm. that much. But Sinestro going bad could have been potentially a great, great villain. But clearly, he didn't do anything great because neither one of y'all didn't catch that and run with it. So, all right, David, you're still losing. <laughs> Well, 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 here's, here's my knock on Sinestro. Here's my knock on Sinestro. My knock on Sinestro is the way they portrayed him on the which, kids' show when I was. Which show you talking about? Because I'm only familiar with the one they That's did like know. a few years ago, uh, the CG joint that I kind of thought was dope. No, no, no. It was uh, Super Friends versus the Legion of Doom. I think it was. It was the one. I can't remember which one it was. But the Legion of Doom would rise out of the swamp, and then you know what's mm. what I'm talking about. You know what's what I'm okay. talking about. And Sinestro oh, I remember always had this seeing whiny like, voice um, on some there. clips of that. Yeah, he kind of he did kind of have like an mm. irritating, jerky voice. Yeah, Orange was avarice. Well, it doesn't matter, David. You're still losing. You got to give some more. You can't say Dark Side because there's a Thanos. Uh, I'm. A- Dark side. So they, so they cancel Thanos, each other. Uh, Marvel has Dark Galactus. Side, whichever. Mmm. Uh-huh. Mmm. Mm. There we go. So what? Okay. So what would what would uh, 
I don't even DC's know who that is. I'm not even lying to you. Starro? Oh, oh, what? <laughs> probably, what are we doing? I, my nerd car is getting revoked. Get the hell out of here, bro. So. I'll stop it. Stop it. Starro. Star you don't need to. Oh, my God. Star, oh, space, star oh, I've seen that thing before. Yeah, a yeah. starfish. Like starfish. Say it. Or something. A starfish. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Not no, no, no. You, th- you think you talk yeah. about the one with yeah. the eye? Despo? Nah, nah, yeah, nah. Star that's uh, the one with the, uh, the starfish with the single eye in the middle. He's got a single eye, but yeah, he's That's you know terrible. just a giant starfish, and he has like other starfish that get on your face gross. and take over or whatever. Um, this yeah, man, is is horrible. <laughs> Who the the white the white Martians? You know what I mean? And then it's like, why it gotta be white yeah. Martians, brother? Um, that's a whole. <laughs> but what is DC's equivalent to Galactus? I don't think I, they have an equivalent. Maybe I guess. Um, the anti-monitor. Galactus is kind of he's kind of his own standalone guy. They got Galactus and your boy. Um, that's the only person I can think of. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, Dormo, Dormormo, Dormammu. Yeah, Dormammu. But but then you okay? Well, he's then, not a villain though. Then you've got uh, Constantine. No, he's not a villain. Uh, but I'm saying you got Doctor Strange, and then you got Constantine. Hey, I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I would put more Doctor Fate against Doctor Strange. Uh, as yeah, I would do the same thing. I would say Doctor Fate and, Con- and uh, Doctor Strange more than Constantine, but it bothers me. I don't know if this makes me momentarily racist or not, uh, according to people. But it, it bothers me that Doctor Fate's not black or of color in some fashion. <laughs> it really does, bro. Mm. Well, it, it, mm. the argument should be, yeah. I agree right. with you because what is he dealing with? He's dealing more with the Egyptians, Egyptian deity and Egyptian mm-hmm. mythology and lore. And it's the same yeah, thing with Moonlight. I love the design of Moonlight, but it, it freaks my brain out that like the only person that the Egyptian guys wanted to give power to was Bruh. But I guess they're kind of trying to fix that a little bit with the guy they picked to play him in the show. Um, yeah. It did. It did. It got a lot of heat. <laughs> but that came under scrutiny. Because, yeah, but I think he was because Jewish he's before. not Jewish. And, he, and from apparently, my they're saying Moonlight is Jewish. Over a few years ago, after some experiences he had or whatever, and I'm like, well, what better person to play a tormented character who fights with their identity, their personalities, and and their religion than somebody who possibly had to go through that fight? Well, there's there's all kind of confusion there because my thing. First of all, I never know Moon Knight was supposed to be Jewish. That's first. Second of all, right? Um, you know, right. You, he's he's his power is connected to an Egyptian god, right. and not as opposed to you know the Jewish god, which is Jehovah. So, like, how could he be Jewish right. and his and then believing in this in this god because that was who he was supposed to be getting his powers from? Then third, um, this whole thing, you know, people right. got to learn to start separating. Um, Jewish as the religion from the race, you it's know what I mean? Judaism. Is, and uh, people is the religion. The people, right? But some people confuse that. Some people say, "Well, I'm Jewish, 
as in like their religion. And some people say I'm Jewish, like, you know, their religion and their race. You know what I mean? So you could, because you can marry into Judaism. You can become a Jew. You know what I mean? And if be we careful, really want to go there, they don't want to be The original listen. Jews were Nubian. I'm going to, I did it. I said it. I said it. Mmm. 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 Cancel culture. <laughs> the collective sound of everybody unsubscribing to from pyroglyphicstudios.com. Yeah. So, and here it Go says check in the comics, work. Mark Spector is a former boxer, mm-hmm. Marine, CR, CIA operative, and mercenary who found mm-hmm. himself near death after being betrayed by his employer, Bushman, mm-hmm. when they stumbled upon an archaeological dig Bushman intended to loot for profit. As he was lying dead, Spectre was approached by the Egyptian moon god who offered him a second... Yeah, Kong Shu. Kong Shu. And they had no conversation about what, what, he, what his, his culture, practices, religious practices, or none of that were. He just said, I want to live. And he said, all right, I can give you that. Exactly. But, so that's it. So the latest thing with you know that is that well, they made me moving him yeah. into the Avengers. Yeah. Mm. And they sure did it before. It's gonna cross. Eventually, everything is gonna cross. He was he was on there before. Avengers. They're gonna yeah. keep the Avengers title going, no matter who's in the lineup. We'll see. That's another thing, um, mm-hmm. and this will be the last thing we'll wrap it up with. Um, is that let's look at this every major hero and, and tell me if i'm wrong here has been an avenger not every major hero has been in the justice league in dc because <laughs> mm-hmm. they don't have that many major heroes <laughs> Ooh. if you want to trigger, if you, if you trigger day, trying to trigger day, day, trigger day, this episode of lovecraft no country or something like that <laughs> then he'll get triggered <laughs> When you gonna leave me alone? Yeah, it's funny because we we actually agree on that. We actually agree that. So for our listeners, for our listeners, hey, hey. So, Mm, Wally. So for our listeners out there, our next show will be Sean Aline and myself debating with Wally McNair and (laughs) Dee Murray from FTO, FTO Talks. Why Sean and Dave hate Hey man, first of all, first of all, and all due respect to my queen, but she already mm. know. Journey Smollett, I would love to get into her brother Jesse Smollett is a beautiful woman and a great actress. So I put some points over there for that. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> David knew that's it. David not admit it, but that's part of why he hated her. Never show. knew that, but, bro. A little trivia there. For you. Thank you. He gonna say that for later. But I, I just, I, you know, I just, I, I didn't want to watch yeah. it, but my, my, my wife wanted to watch it and I decided it's black people. Let me give it some sort of support and see what's what. And I actually started to like, I it wasn't even the story. I just started to like the characters. I enjoyed seeing the characters on screen every episode and that's what kept me in it, you know? Okay. How you feel? How you feel about him being king? I think it's. I think king oh, the that's the reason. Oh, that is right. I picture yeah, king, it is right. Every time I've seen Kang in any of the anime, yeah. Every time I've seen Kang, well, as, I'll be as, honest with you. I always thought he was a bro. I, I mean, uh, 
Oh yeah, me neither. Me, yeah. me, I, I, I never did. Because yeah. he's he's supposed to be an ancestor of Immortus and uh, right, Immortus is white. The way he's so I was talking about and the voices that's always been well, done. Two things about that, right? Brown, One, as man. long as bro don't have the same mm-hmm. walk that he had in Lovecraft Country, I'm, I'm cool. And <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and number two, I'm not gonna be mad if he wasn't supposed to be Yo, a white god deity or whatever, and they decided to make him black. Cause damn, if they don't change the black ones white quite often. <laughs> you know. Yeah, don't get me started. What was that movie, The Egyptian? Oh, oh what movie with the Egyptian gods and the whole? Yeah, everybody. <laughs> what are y'all Egypt? That wasn't even Egypt. One of my, Earth. That was one my favorite Egypt. movies. Come on, y'all know there's Egypt. Come on. I'm playing. <laughs> Right, right. Oh, okay. Right, right. You right. Yeah, you right. The sub Egypt. Yeah. Okay. All right. I forgot. Well, that. I forgot that. Well, hold on. Hold on. Before you wrap it up, are you going to concede uh, and say Dave that uh, and villains are marveling? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never risk him. <laughs> you happy? I can see it. Uh, yes. Yes. Yep, yep. So hey, I'm gonna wrap it up it. here, folks. This is Dave Rucker with my co-host Sean and Lean and Wally McNair. Um, we'll be coming back at you really soon, and I guarantee you the next episode will be that the fate of Lovecraft Country, <laughs> so we can finally settle this. So Wally Shout will leave me small alone. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Tell, tell, tell them. Tell, tell them where. Tell them where they All can right, find so, you. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, and you can also find us on Anchor. We're also available on Spotify. If you're looking for our books, uh, Wally has just successfully completed his Kickstarter. Um, and uh, Wally, it's, wants you break it's being down right now. Onceemperors.com, but that's Once Emperors with one e. Uh, oh, is it one e? Hey, just go to at Wally V. That's W-O-L-L-Y-V on Instagram, and you'll see the link pop up when that site is up and going. Uh, Sean? Yes, you can find me everywhere. Uh, Pyroglyphics on Instagram is at P-Y-R-O-G-L-Y-P-H-I-C-S-1, Pyroglyphics 1, um, and Pyroglyphics Studios dot com uh for all the merch. you can find me at decimation earth ix on instagram uh decimation earth issue one is up on spinwiz comics that's www.spinwizcomics.com and also available on drythroughcomics.com um so hey dm dm us hit us up uh, and, and we'll let you know when our next podcast is coming let's but not it even will call be it okay it'll just be a conversation date. we'll finally settle this between in the words of future sensation (laughs) all right Mm, mm. bye bro (laughs) peace all right fellas (laughs) have a